Welcome to the Designers Business Community Podcast, where Eric will be having conversations with other designers and share ideas, struggles, and tips relating to their businesses. Building a business could feel isolating, and that's exactly why we want to have these conversations to help you in your journey. Now sit back, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, it's Eric Lee with Starfish Coaching and Designers Business Academy. Welcome back to another episode of my Founder Success Secrets interview. In this interview, I have the honor of interviewing Carolyn Bolt of Crossfields Design. She's been able to niche her design business down to helping chiropractic office design, which I find is amazing. But the great thing about what she's gone through is she's gone through the cycle of being the solopreneur wearing all the hats to growing her business and freeing herself from the day-to-day while still having a sustainable business. So let's dive in and ask her how she did that. Welcome back to Starfish Coaching and another episode of my Founder Success Interview Series. Today, I have the honor of interviewing Carolyn Bolt with Crossfields Design. Welcome, Carolyn. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Doc. Thank you, Eric. Look forward to talking. Yes. So nice to have you here. Um, there's so many questions I want to ask you. I was reading your bio and, and we had a chat before this and, you know, my brain keeps on going. Um, but let's uh, let's start with the beginning, like the inspiration, your inspiration story to be this designer with your dad's um, NASA. Tell me a bit about that in the audience, a bit about that. Um, okay, so yeah, when I think about how I got involved in design, it did start really, really early. And it honestly started with me decorating the Barbie houses instead of playing with the Barbies. So right. that's one of those things that you see. But I was, my father, um, this was in the 60s, my father worked for NASA and he worked in advanced preliminary design, which meant that he was working on things that we wouldn't see <clears throat> for 20, 25 years. Wow. So at that point, they were actually already working on the space station. And I think men had just landed on the, maybe men had just landed on the moon, but it was, now we've got a space station. So what was happening is that NASA brought in an architect in his uh, getting his master's and it became his thesis to design wow. the interior design of a zero gravity earth orbiting space station. That was his thesis. So um, his name was Roger and he would come over and have dinner with our family because he was from out of town. And my my father and him would sit in the living room and this was two or three different times that I specific, specifically remember and just philosophize about the hidden dimension of space. If you know that book, they would talk a lot about that. They talk about how environments actually have a psychological impact on you. And that's the summary I'm going to say. And I was just fascinated. And I love people and I love design. I loved art. I loved all of that. But the idea that I had could help support, influence, impact people by creating spaces for them was just intriguing to me. So I was 14. I was 14. Wow. What a and great so yeah. I just, that was something I was interested in and became interested in. And then I went to school. I went to the University of Texas. We were talking earlier. At that point, there was no, they were beginning to have accreditations for interior designers. I remember right. my father, um, you know, he's like, why do you want to be an interior designer? Don't they just hang curtains? And I'm like, <laughs> learning that, no, we create environments. So 
So that's where my story started. Yeah. And I've been doing it ever since and I'm getting ready to retire. So there we go. <laughs> what a great story. I love it. Like, oh, wow. Very inspiring. Um, so yes, you're, you're like you shared with us from the beginning now to almost uh, transitioning out. T tell us a bit more about your journey going from, I guess, designer to even starting your own business. What was the idea there and how was that journey? Um, uh, yes, yeah, so I started and I'm in commercial design. We were talking about that earlier and I got involved in doing commercial design and doing um, space planning for large or large firms. I became a facility designer for a large engineering firm in Houston. Uh, Houston crashed. I ended up and I was married and we moved to Atlanta and I got to do project management for a high end. So I was playing around in the design industry. Right doing design but not pure design i was doing facility design or project management or something of that sort and then i had a baby mm. and i did not want to travel anymore that i was doing and i didn't want to work the kind of hours i was working and so i decided that i was going to go work for myself and um do whatever came along right and I did not actually intend to start a full-fledged business. I was just more thinking I would be a contract designer. But then I got a job actually being the designer on a project where I was hired to be the designer and it just changed me. I was like, that's really what I need to be doing. So that's really when I started thinking about building a business, think about branding, think about marketing, things of that sort. But really what I was doing was just word of mouth, anything that came along. Right. And um, I would do corporate, I would do restaurants because I connected with some architects that needed restaurants. I did um, banks and credit unions, wow. which is where I ended up meeting my second husband. Yeah. Then um, in 2004 or 2003, one of the projects I started working on was the facility design at Life University uh, Chiropractic College here in the Marietta, Atlanta area. And um, they had reduce, they needed to reduce space. So it was not a glamorous job, but it was something that came along. In 2004, my husband decided, you were saying earlier, he was smarter than his boss and he could do his own business, right? So he yes. decided to go off on his own with the goal to do banks and credit union development, et cetera. And his background is architectural engineering and okay. construction and development. And um, in 2000 and eight or nine, when the economy kind of got kind of crazy, right. um, we, through a series of things, met some people and discovered a book that changed my life. And that was The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Great book. And um, all of a sudden I realized, and my husband and I both, his name is Scott, we realized we don't have a business. We own our job. Right. And we've got to rethink. We've got to reinvent. We've got to recreate. We've got to do something. So what was happening in our per in our life at the time business wise is life university had become our major client him being him both we were doing um they were trying to come up from the ashes i would call it they had a new okay. president on board and we found ourselves really 80 percent of our work was coming from life university which is also not a really great thing but this is where we were when we met Emis. So it's like, okay, we need to rethink what we're doing. What can we do to create something that's duplicatable and transferable? And as uh, situations would happen, Life University also asked us if we would teach a class 
for the students that were graduating, well, actually, they were in the middle of their semester, on their environment because the person that used to teach it was not able to teach it. So this right. was now 2008, 2009, we're thinking, we have no idea exactly what we're going to do. 2010, we start to teach this class, totally free, fell in love with teaching, fell in love with it, yeah. and created this course, et cetera. And then we started having students ask us if we could help. So it also, let me tag team in there. My, I was a chiropractic patient. So I, my daughter, <clears throat> my daughter was healed of tonsillitis when she was two through chiropractic. So wow. I'd been a patient and a believer in holistic health and chiropractic already. So personally, that's where my alignment was was oh, doing all this work for chiropractors. I was trying to create a business. I got the opportunity to do one small chiropractic office in, in a barter situation, all like at the same time, 2008, 2009, 2010. And then it was like, you know what? Can we do something here? Can we create something for chiropractors? Now, you know, I'm like, I mean, my I told some of my design friends and they go, what? Chiropractors? They have the worst spaces ever. And I go, I know they need us. Yeah. But at the time, they really didn't know they needed us. So it was a big mission to communicate that. <clears throat> so what happened is I, excuse me, I, um, we created a Facebook page. I hired a, a chiropractor that had done some marketing for a couple of hundred dollars to help me create a Facebook page. I had never spent any money on marketing. Okay. <laughs> Now eight, an eighth of my budget is marketing. Okay. So now I understand the difference here, but so he created a Facebook page. We wrote a bunch of blogs. He had me create a free e-booklet. I started building that. And then it was like, we don't know what we're doing. So we hired a marketing coach. And I was mm. telling you that started, we hired someone to help us create a marketing. We didn't know what we were doing. We, right. I'd never learned anything about marketing. You know, we were talking about business. I, and I never studied it. So he came in and that kind of started 2012. We created a website, we started building. We had two websites. One was our corporate brochure. We were trying to do, play both, both things for a while. But right. as this began to grow, the chiropractic side began to grow. That's why our website right now is chiropractic office design. Okay. Instead of Crossfields, because our Crossfields one was all banks and credit unions. And this was, you know what I'm saying? So it yeah. started to grow and we started to get traction. But what, what we did was we created systems. Yes. We created product offerings, box buckets of product offerings. So every project was not customized scopes of services like I was right. used to. Oh, yeah. And we created systems that were duplicatable. And um, so now we have four designers. They're all senior designers. They run their own projects. Um, we have a salesperson that meets with all the clients. So once again, you were talking, you and I were talking earlier, I wore all the hats and yes. I began to take one off at a time as we grew of what do I need to do to, um, and so I've just recently taken off the design manager role and given right. it to one of my senior designers and, um, yeah, that's that's the process. Wow. And so that's what that's we do. So we focus on chiropractic office. We uh, the other thing is we knew this is another big difference that we did was that we knew that we could not do design and there was not enough chiropractors in the Atlanta area, which was our metro area, for us to do this successfully. And we couldn't travel very far for the fees that we were charging. Right. So we created a virtual design. 
So we started doing virtual design in 2012. Now we meet with the client just like we're meeting right now. We do design, we show them the finishes, we ship them the finishes, we do we do all of our work. Right now we work on Revit so they see everything mm -hmm. that we're drawing and doing. So we started virtual design in 2011. That's before, great. Yeah. That you, so you, it's just different. <laughs> yeah. Because most people didn't get into virtual until COVID forced them to, but you guys were well ahead of the game. Yeah, it was no no big deal when we skipped over into COVID. Yeah, and yeah. all of my staff is virtual. Wow. So I don't even have to have an office anymore. And that that just that was not intended. It just kind of evolved because one of my what happened is my best designer, her husband got transferred to oh. Greenville. And it's like, we figured out, I said, I can't lose you. And she said, I don't want to leave. So we figured out a couple of years into this thing, how to have my staff be virtual. Right. And so then we just kept adding virtual staff. So that's pretty is, different. That is very <laughs> cool. I, I love your whole journey. Um, I, I think it's worth it for our audience to maybe just uh, repeat that in a simple way, because both you and I have been able to transition our company and get out of wearing all the hats to wearing just the ones that we love. Um, so maybe I'll just summarize it because our audience, there's a lot of people just starting their design. So we want to kind of project the, the path so they don't fall into that trap that we both did, like <laughs> most, most designers, right? Yeah, um, and we were talking about this, but usually a business owner starts uh, their business because they're thinking, well, I can do that job better than my old boss did. So they go and open a business and then, yes, they, they, they do their job excellent because it's their own business now, so they care a lot more. And the clients keep on coming to them, which is great, but that's the trap, is now they're so in demand that they can't free themselves up. And on top of that, the love that they had for doing design is getting eroded because now they're wearing more hats, right? They're wearing the sales and marketing hat, they're wearing the finance bookkeeping hat, they're wearing the admin hat, all of those hats, and their time just gets in the way and the love that they had to open a business so they can design is actually reversed. Now they have less time to design. And Very they have much to, so. Yeah, they have to hire designers and, and they get to do the fun job. So that's the warning <laughs> there for everyone, right? Is, is, Absolutely. Um, not, not, not to say that, that you, you don't get good at your business. It's a very tough conundrum because you want to get good at your business. You want to build it. You want clients to come to you. But there comes a time in your career, in your business career, where you have to think, okay, what's my end goal? Am I okay doing all the work myself and never having a vacation? Or yes. do I want to step away but still have the business run and have it build revenue? And that's yes. the key, right? Yes, very much so. I, I, um, I had this, <clears throat> you were talking about that, when my husband and I had two anniversaries in a row. Mm. This was 2007, 2008, somewhere in there, maybe 2009, right before all of this kind of, and we had two anniversaries in a row that we worked to finish a deadline on a project instead wow. of doing anything for our anniversary. I mean, nothing. I mean, we worked. <laughs> we worked till really late trying to hit those deadlines. And it was like, so we got to change something here. We got to do something yeah, different that's the way because you're right. We were doing everything. And, um, even when we hired people, you know, learning to delegate, I listened to one of your podcasts on delegating, learning to delegate was hard. Yeah. It was very hard because, you know, nobody can do it as good as I do it. Right. Yeah. But you know what? They can. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Well, that's that's the thing with us designers is we're we're one we're perfectionists, two we're control freaks. Those oh. two together make it very hard to delegate. <laughs> very, very hard, very hard. So it's a learned process. So I'll just share this with you because I was sharing that earlier. What made a huge difference for me was hiring coaches. Mm-hmm. So when I realized in 2008, 2009, actually before we actually even started this niche business per se, we began to say, you know, and it was it was probably harder for my husband than it was for me. But I hired pers- first I hired personal life coaches, but right. then it quickly grew into everything we talked about was business. <laughs> so then yes. it was like, okay, I need a business coach. Hiring right. that marketing, he became a marketing coach. Hiring that marketing coach to help us set that up and then hiring business coaches. And I shared with you, I hired a couple of design oriented business coaches that really helped talk about the business of design and stuff. What was different is what we were trying to create was didn't fit into any boxes that they had. So ended up finding more coaches that were more um, business coaches, not just design coaches. But I needed all of those along the way to develop to understand because they, and, and I teach classes to the chiropractors about, um, about the environment, how they're environment. I continue to teach that class to students and they always complain. We don't learn anything about business in school. And I'm like, nobody does. That's in a career. I mean, you don't learn about business. You're the school's job is to teach you how to go get your license. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of interior designers do, flourish best in their own businesses, but they're going to have to learn how to be in business. Yeah. They're going to have to learn it. That's what, that's what I always say is design school. Don't teach you business. They really just like our whole education system system. If you think about it, whatever vocation, chiropractors, physio, any vocation, they train you on how to be good at your vocation and work for someone. They don't train you on how to go and start your own business in it. No, no, they don't. uh, No, they don't. Maybe MBA might be the only thing, but. Yeah, it's, it's so true. Um, yeah. It, you make a good point. And I think ma- coaching is probably uh, more mainstream now, but I still think that there's some people that either is trepidatious, uh, maybe they're, they're worried about the budget and stuff like that. But I, I'd love you to, to compare the, because you, you've gone through a few coaches. Um, and the way I explain it is it helps you shortcut your learning. But if you translate that from a business perspective, because I know you do that for your chiropractic office, the ROI of commercial design. Yes. What's yes. the ROI of having a coach and an expert? I'm curious from your perspective. Well, <clears throat> I don't know if I could put it into dollars, but yeah. I know that I wouldn't even have a business today if I didn't have a if I hadn't had a coach along the way. So, right. if you want to look at that at ROI, but to me, what a a coach did was to help me learn about business specific to my business. Right. Instead of me going, cause I considered, do I go back to school and learn business? And then what was I going to get? Just a general business understanding, but how was I, I didn't have time to do that. And I didn't, so it's time. They saved me time. Yes. You know, they saved exactly. me time that translated into money. They saved me years that translated into, you know, revenue. And I will say it was our, our first six or seven years were hard mm-hmm. in, in this chiropractic, doing this chiropractic thing because it was, and it, I needed the coaches. It's like, what do you do along the way? I mean, I was learning 
how to do online marketing. Right. I mean, you know, I was learning how to do, you know, where you have a sales funnel, where you have newsletters, where I was learning a whole different realm that like that was not problem. really your typical interior designer at all, where it was more, you know, and friends of mine in town that are that are successful interior designers, a lot of them do it more the traditional way where they do a great job and then they get referrals and then they get referrals and then they get right. referrals and their port, their website becomes a portfolio or a brochure instead of a, hey, I'm trying to get a lead. So it was a different path on that also, but still it's the idea of learning business. And we made choices. We learned enough about business to make choices along the way on how we were gonna do it. Right, that's great. Um, I, I'd like to also share with the audience here, because you chose to niche down on chiropractic office design, which is great. That's one of the recommendations I always give. So I, I want to learn about that, what uh, made you uh, come to that idea, and also um, just the ROI of commercial design. I, I know that's one of your taglines, so I'd love to hear about that. So um, I, I tell people, I said it was not something I ever believed that I would start out and have a dream that I would design chiropractic offices ever. <laughs> that was not no. the goal. Um, they, and, and my background was very large projects or very complicated projects. You know, restaurants can be very complicated, et cetera. So to do these, I mean, literally our average client is 2,500, 3,000 square feet. It's more of a fast track tenant improvement type right. build out yeah. business. Okay. And it's the budgets are relatively low because they actually, you know, they're not, how do I say what I'm trying to say? They're not a high end uh, product, right? They're mm -hmm. more of a, they're very family oriented. They're very, some of them get high end, but the majority of them are, you know, kind of full spectrum. Right. So, what our goal was, it, kind of our why, you need a why in a business, is like I believed personally in chiropractic so much mm -hmm. because my daughter was healed of tonsillitis at two and I saw this huge change in my life being under right. chiropractic care that I wanted other people to go to chiropractors, but yes. no one respected them. <laughs> and I was like, well, they don't respect you because your office looks like garbage. You know, so it was kind <laughs> yes. of that was the mission. The mission originally when we were teaching the classes before it ever became a business was you guys got to get it together. It doesn't mean you have to spend a lot of money on it. You just have to be very intentional about what you're doing in your office. It can't look like, you know, it came from the 80s and stuff, you know, just just educating. So it was that education that drove me to um say maybe we can create a business in this does that make right. sense yes well, then as i got into marketing it's like well, what's the win for them so the win for them is the return on investment and mm -hmm. that's when i began right. to kind of go backwards and look at all my all my years in commercial really had to come down to the design of that space needs to reflect for that business's return on investment whether yeah. it's the way that the office is laid out in the cubicles so that everybody is efficient and creates efficiency to how that front lobby is created as they attract new new clients, whatever it is that you're doing in commercial, it res restaurants, oh my gosh, you're creating themes, you're creating yeah. 
you know, you're creating attraction, all of those retails the same way. So when we do uh, chiropractic offices, we talk a lot about retail design and hospitality design because right. retail design is an attraction and hospitality is a hospitality design creates that culture. So people want to keep coming back to the restaurant. Right. right. So it, it, I didn't really learn that till I started doing marketing until I started learning marketing. And then it was like, wow, that's what interior design does. I just knew it created different emotions in people. Right. But if you think about a business, that emotion can help them buy. That right. emotion can help them stay. And that emotion is, is what we sell. So that's where the return on investment is, is to help them understand. Right. We talk about that their environment is their biggest marketing expense. Yeah. Are they doing it well, you know? Are they matching their image? So. Right. And, you know, that's so true. Um, and I, I think, well, the, that's probably the biggest difference between a residential project and a commercial project is Very that ROI, so. right? Commercial is all about, okay, how do I get the return on my money that I invested in an interior designer versus residential? It doesn't really matter. They just want that space for, either for their aspiration or whatever. Would you say that's the biggest difference? It is. They, there is some return that they're expecting, but it's not mm -hmm. financial. Yeah. Yes. They're expecting, you know, an emotional feeling. They're expecting a piece. They're expecting whatever, you know, more an opportunity to entertain more. They right. have a goal. So yes. the, so in every situation that we do, that's to me, when I talk to people that are interested in design and I said, to be a really good designer, you have to design for that client. Right. You can't design for you. You can't design for you. Now, there are designers that create designs and they become an image and people go for them because they want that image. So I'm not negating that, but somewhere along the way, that designer had to create it for someone else and for how to meet their goals. So, so if you think about residential, the goal is an emotion. It's always an emotional issue. It's always an emotional issue, yes. even in, so return on investment, it's an emotional issue. They want to be successful. They want to have, they want to have freedom. They want to attract more patients so that they can grow in residential. You know, you can have a whole litany of, yeah. they want a big space for their family and they want, you know, they want to downsize whatever it is that they're doing. So, right. No, that's uh, that's so great. Um, I, it, it was great talking to you. I, I, I love it. And we, I feel like we need a, a second podcast. There's so much to cover. <laughs> Um, but before we end off, I'd, I'd love to give you a chance to just share a bit more about what Crossfield Designs does and also uh, leave um, your contact uh, info, either your social handle okay. or your website. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, so Crossfields, we focus on chiropractic and holistic health. And our goal is to elevate the profession by creating practical and impactful environments. So we have a virtual design team, as you heard me talk, talk about. And, um, you know, our projects tend to be pretty fast tracked and, and it, you know, we're learning how to uh, get more and more of our words out there and our name out there. So that's part of what we're doing here. As far as my, myself, I love to teach and I love to mentor. And if anybody wants to just have a conversation with me about their design career, I'd love to help. I've talked to Plenty of people in high school that have considered, do I want to go to design school and and what I want to do? Or do I want to start a business or what the pro? So if anyone has anything like that, I'm not a coach. 
and I don't want to be a coach, but if they just want someone to talk about to or get in, right. you know, years of, of things not to do, they can talk yes. to my, um, <laughs> so you can reach me through and I'll just give you my email. Does that work? Yeah. So it's uh, C, my first name is Carolyn, but it's C B O L D T at crossfieldsinc.com. That's C R O S S F I E L D S I N C.com. Great. And I'm sure it'll be in the show notes too. So. Yes. Yes. And I'll, yeah, I'll put it on, on the link also, but yeah, that's, uh, that's so awesome. And I, I love it that you're, you're sharing your wisdom and your experience because so many new designers need that help from, you know, people like us who's, who's been around and we want to share, right? That's what it's all about. So check out our website for a designer. If they want to see what we do, um, it's chiropracticofficedesign.com. And, um, we, offer free download to your podcasters. They go forward, forward slash podcast. They'll get a free download directly to them or they'll, um, and we have, we have several things, whether a designer's interested or not, that it would be more, obviously they're more written toward a client than they are to a designer, right. but check it out, you know, see what great. you think. Thank you so much. Thank you again, You're Carolyn, welcome. for being on the interview here. It was great chatting with you. It was great chatting with you too, Eric. Thank you. So I hope you enjoyed that interview with Carolyn Bolt of Crossfields Design. She's been able to pull herself out of doing everything and wearing all the hats in her business to freeing herself up so that she can really enjoy what she does while still having sustainable business. If you are in the process of that and you've been at your business for a while and looking on how to transition yourself, then please give me a call and I can definitely help you with that. I've done it for my own design business. And if you're a new interior designer that's thinking about getting into business or just started and needing some help, then definitely consider my interior design business accelerator program with my Designers Business Academy. The website there is www.designersbusinessacademy.net. It helps you with everything from learning how to get the business, which is sales and marketing, to managing the work, which is effective time management and production and process, and also client management, to managing the money, which is budgeting, cash flow, and all the other financial stuff that you have to do for business. So you don't have to fail and learn on your own. I have a course now that will teach you all of that. I'm Eric Lee and I can turbocharge your success. Thanks for listening to the Designers Business Community Podcast. For more conversations with designers, please follow our podcast so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. You can also join our Facebook group to connect with other designers near you. For business success tips, you can visit our Starfish Coaching YouTube channel. And for more information about our online courses for design businesses, please visit our website at starfishcoaching.net.